Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And now you're listening to Perkins and Spiegel on 670 to score. We added Japanese strikeout king, Shota Imiyanga, who introduced himself to come... Who just introduced himself, just introduced himself to Cub fans. Cubby. I was saying Boo Earns. That is Tom Ricketts being chanted on the stage, trying to talk about uh, Imanaga with Cody, and him being like, oh, you saying Cubby? Cubby. No. <laughs> That's not what they were doing? No, they're saying Cody. Yeah. Um, there, there, was, there was a lot of Cody Bellinger chatter and activity around the convention, wasn't there, Danny? Like everybody. All over the joint. It was uh, certainly the thing that I was asked the most by Cubs fans. Like, I was telling Steph about what the day is like out there. Uh-huh. And it's weird, like, you know, show up at noon, on the air at 2, off the air at 6.45. But it's basically nonstop conversation before the show, sometimes with fans, sometimes with, like, Cubs executives, people in the industry, whatever. And then every time you hit a commercial break, you're talking to someone. There's no search your phone, relax. Not that I'm saying it's hard, but it's just, like, you're instead of being on for four hours with commercial breaks, it's like mm-hmm. you're actually on for seven hours because you're just constantly talking to people, which is great. It's fun. It's amazing to meet fans and listeners and mob members and all that stuff. But I would say, like, without a close second, the thing that was asked the most was, "Hey, you think they're bringing back Ballinger?" Right, and and, and we, we we did it jokingly with Carter Hawkins, like, "Hey, is uh, Cody Ballinger in a hotel room upstairs?" Is yeah, he, and he's like, "We don't do surprises. Yeah. That's not me and Jed. That's not our thing." But, like, everybody talked about him. Um, I know that Dansby Swanson talked about him uh, at, at, at one point. Ian Happ talked about him. Like, all the players were clearly sending love towards Cody Bellinger. Before we get to next year, we got to re-sign Belly. So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, you know, it, and, and he, it's, it's funny because, like, I heard that a while ago at the beginning of the offseason. Like, man, I'd be sending Bellinger love if you wanted to sign him. If you wanted to get him, because Scott Boris is doing his thing. He's stretching it out. He's trying to come up with the superstar contract, the mega contract. You know, I think Chicago got the comforts of a full belly. I'm super (laughs) hesitant to invest in Bellinger long term for reasons that you and I talked about. 
towards the end of the season. Remember, like, I, I loved his season, and I see the immense value that he brought. I saw the changes he made with two strikes and with his approach, valuable. And, and I thought that stuff was contagious all throughout the lineup. It's a great, great showing. But then the adjustments came, and they were, the adjustments were fastballs. It was heat. Challenge Bellinger with heat, and the whole league can throw heat. And so here you are at this point, and you got to figure out what to do. It, theoretically, Pete Crow Armstrong should eventually be the center fielder, and then you're paying a lot for first base at Bellinger, and you want to stay malleable, and here's Boris trying to get so much. But now here they are, and I, I think I'd go out of my comfort zone to make sure that Bellinger gets here. Like I, I just I just I so I I I struggle with can we define that? Six but, years at one fifty. Okay, that was okay. So that's the number that I said three months ago, right? And, when and, we talked and, about and, this. And that's what I've still held on to. Okay. And I've and I haven't liked the idea of having to give him two hundred mil, two hundred ten mil, two twenty over eight years or something like that. I mean this is it, that it, that scares me. But now here we are, and the options are dwindling, and the teammates so clearly want him badly. The fans want him badly. You have missed out on some other things. So I think it's an interesting moment, and, I'm, I, and I wonder how the front office is feeling. I think they're plying, is trying to play chicken with Scott Boris, and the longer this goes, the less they can afford to. I mean, if they give him seven at 180 – that's the biggest signing in, in Cubs history. That's bigger than Dansby by $3 million, you know? Well, so hmm. I, I'm wondering how far out of the comfort zone the Cubs will be willing to go, and I'm wondering how far out of the comfort zone I should be willing to go on Cody Bellinger. I don't think what the fans say should matter even 1%, and I don't think what the players say should matter much more than 5 or 10%. Just like Chase Daniel said about Justin Fields v. Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. Players will get over it. It's a business. It's a business. We just saw what they did to David Ross. Yeah. He's a popular dude in that clubhouse. He's a all-time cub. Right. Like, but, you know, but he, he, for so, sure. So so you know what I mean like I like the players are doing what players are supposed to do sticking up for their friend and their teammate and in a binary world because it's not their money Cody Bellinger if he's on the team they're better if he's not on the team they're worse they're already on the team they would like to be better so therefore they want Cody Bellinger that isn't Jed Hoyer's job Jed Hoyer's job is to decide whether or not the rate at which he would have to pay Cody Bellinger to have him back on the team makes them better enough to be worth that amount that he puts out. That's not what Dansby Swanson and Ian Happ have to consider. But should Jed consider how it, it, it like how they're going to get better without him? Because that's the other thing. Just from the baseball perspective, from enough power on the offense, from enough uh, enough upside in the lineup, they're now at a point where if they don't get him. You know, where is it going to come from? It might have to be trade. Which so, is fine. Because you can't deliver a worse team um, in terms of offensive possibilities 
to the beginning of spring training. I, I don't think you can unless Bellinger's still hanging out there and you're still playing this game of chicken and you're going to try and make that like your final, your final thing come, come spring training time. I think you need to deliver to this team that believes they're pretty good and going somewhere a, a roster that is, is as good or shows the potential to be even better. And I don't know how many baseball options there are that are better than Bellinger right now. It might be that I have to. You have to be willing to overpay for the sake of it being the best baseball option now, too. Well, so they said that the guy they traded for with the Dodgers, right? Bush, the PCL MVP, and all that. Yeah, Michael Bush. Michael Bush, pr- primarily going to be first base. Primarily going to be first base. Can oh. play some third. Can play a little second. Very much like a Max Muncy type. Okay, yeah. but then, I mean, Nico Horner is going to play. 90% of the innings at second base. For sure. So second sure. second base is uh, in case of emergency break glass type of situation. So first and third and yeah. a little DH with right. some corner outfield maybe in the possibilities. Okay. Yeah. This comes back to Pete Crow Armstrong in a way, man. If Bush is your first baseman and PCA is your center fielder, and I know mm. he's not going to be gifted and birthrighted the center field job, but he had, what, 14 at-bats last year, mostly yeah. in – tough situations against high leverage relievers like that's not who he is offensively it's not what he was in the minor leagues they are there's no word that they're going to trade him away if you just traded for the first baseman and you have the best guy in your system if you consider pca still a prospect because he basically is as a center fielder i understand the positional versatility of bellinger is nice and he was unbelievable offensively last year. Mm-hmm. But those are two young guys with high offensive upside, and at least in PCA's case, as good, if not even better, defense uh, than than Bellinger for way, way, way cheaper. Personally, I don't think like they they need to upgrade offensively if they lose Bellinger. But that strikes me as more third base DH mm-hmm. than. $180 million to Cody Bellinger and then spend the money on where is a frontline starting pitcher? Yeah. I, I, I love Steele. You know that. Yeah. Bet him for Cy Young last year. Respect the hell out of him. There's a steep drop-off after Justin Steele in this starting rotation based on what I've seen them do in a Cubs uniform because I don't think Kyle Hendricks at this stage of his career is a number two. Mm. You know what they, I mean? Like, yeah, no, so Imanaga, absolutely. They could, question they, mark, tie They could move that mark. money. They could move that money towards Jordan Montgomery or move that money towards Blake Snell. And obviously, if there's a trade and you're trading for somebody who's making a salary for a couple of years, you can you can deal with that as well. And everything you said about center field and first base in terms of PCA and if it's not Michael Bush, it could be somebody else and they don't want to overpay for that. That's why they're playing this game of chicken with Boris. And I. I support the game of chicken. It's I'm getting uncomfortable um, with the options dwindling. I wonder if they're getting uncomfortable. And it's clear that their team wants Bellinger back. And maybe they know this because they've talked to Bellinger as well. And they know that he wants to come back. And he doesn't really have a ton of other options. They being Jed or they being the players? They being the players who were talking about this. And, and, and saying it. Maybe they know that the fit is so good and that Cody does want to come back. He's just waiting to get something that he thinks is fair. And the extortionist is, is out there doing his job. And he's doing it well, as he always does. Like, the message to Cody Bellinger clearly from the Cubs players felt clear, and that's, we love you and we want you. 
and I'm sure he's human and he needs to be loved. And you you wonder if if that's the front office, if they're a part of that message with the players or, or not. Because I didn't hear it from Jed or Carter, really, that – you know, and well, they're not quite as tip, overt. They're not going to tip that, right? Right. That, 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 that's that's not their job. Like this, this is the type of thing where, like, what these guys say, they say what they can. Jed and Carter can't give up, can't tell the fans what they want because the fans want him signed. The players mm-hmm. want him signed. Fans can say it. Players can say it. Jed and Carter can't because if they say it, they lose all leverage with the king of leverage, Scott Boris. So I guess like what Jed Hoyer said though in the press conference was we are in the fifth inning of our offseason. So why am I worried? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't the team, whether that includes Bellinger or it doesn't. And obviously, if Bellinger comes back, that's a great thing. He's a good player. He's 28 years old. He's incredibly talented. But they're not done. Like, they just – they flatly are not done. You read all these pieces from Ken Rosenthal or Passan or Jim Bowden, it's like – the, the worst-kept secret is that the Cubs are going to be the most active team the rest of the offseason. There's not that many free agents available, so that probably means trades. And they can do it again at the deadline to add to, add to this team. So I guess I just, like, Bellinger, to me, was very impressive last year. Mm-hmm. They got exactly what they wanted out of him, but it was a one-year no risk deal where he greatly outperformed his contract. If you sign him to a seven year deal, do you think you're getting a year like last year, four of the seven years? It's hard to imagine because what made it feel so valuable was the great defense and center, which by then you'll be kind of hoping is, is PCA growing into that job. And then at first base, we have seen what they think of value at first base by the way they treated Anthony Rizzo's contract situation. And then that was validated. That was validated by the rest of the league in what Anthony Rizzo was, was set to get. I just, it's still percolating all that Bellinger talk, all that want, all that love. And, and it's clear that the front office doesn't feel it in exactly the same way. And we'll see how we'll see how this how how this ends up playing out. There's a lot of time. There's just not a lot of bats left. Not a ton of bats yeah, left. There's not a ton of bats for pure free agents. There, there's a limitless number of bats when you have a top five farm system mm-hmm. and some top prospects who are blocked. There's a, there's a, it's an unlimited number. We just don't know the names. So it's so, so it's harder to speculate as to who is available to be traded from the Colorado Rockies. You by know? the way, you're getting a lot of support on the car, by the way. Do you see a lot of people coming oh. to your defense, whether it's because of Shane's um, you know, vicious attack or whether it's just because of the truth of the matter, which is deserving of a vicious attack. But there's a lot of people saying, you know, Danny, at least you made three trips. You made it happen. You facilitated it. And your brutal honesty is is admirable. Things I, like that. I, well, listen, I, I, tr- I try to be brutally honest um i just i'll know i'll always know that i didn't assemble the the toy and i will i want to be very clear about this if we would have paid for someone else to assemble the toy on the front end i'd be proud of myself like yeah this is why i work hard so to to buy the toy and assemble the toy why it's going to taunt me Uh is because i bought the toy wasted seven hours of my life and did not complete the mission 
and then ultimately had to pay for it in the first place. That's the issue. But can we just go around the diamond real quick for the Cubs? Sure. Left field is locked in, yes? Left field is locked in at Ian Happ. Yes, sir. Right, right field is locked in. At Seiya Suzuki. Second base locked in? At Nico Horner, yes, sir. Shortstop locked in. For Dansby Swanson, yes. Okay. So center field, first, third, catcher, DH? Catcher is locked in with Jan Gomes and Miguel Amaya, who's the first name that Carter Hawkins brought up to us when we asked about people who could maybe make a leap. We just don't know exactly how that breakdown is going to go, right? Because we have names for the other positions. We just don't know exactly how the breakdown is going to go. But sure, okay, catcher is locked in in terms of we know the names there. Uh, right I'm- now, between third base and first base and DH, you're looking at Morell and Michael Bush and Nick Madrigal and Patrick Wisdom. So there is a Reese Hoskins, Matt Chapman type of update. I know you don't love Chapman. I understand. I understand that. But mm-hmm. I. But I'm saying like that is where the upgrade with the bat feels like it could come into play yes absolutely justin turner is a short-term third base option as a free agent bat and there's there's other you know older dudes along those lines but yes third base first base dh hoskins you know hoskins makes a lot of sense but that's if you're willing to let michael bush play a lot of third base and everything they said out of the convention was first base right exactly which so we talked about it when the trade happened seemed like it made Hoskins less mm-hmm. likely. So because there's other first base options, there's Brandon Belt, who's a lefty bat who can still absolutely hit at age 36 on a short term. Joey Votto wants to play somewhere, and the Cubs are referenced as one of those at age 40. But if Bush is going to play first, and you know, it, it it seems to me that we're looking at like are you feeling okay about Justin Turner with Morell as your backup center fielder? For PCA and getting at bats that way, Morel, you know that's still Morel, not adding enough. Morell is the backup center fielder, and no, though no, I think yeah, it's not not adding up. I, I think that there's a big trade coming. Every time we do this exercise, I think big trade coming, big things coming, big trade coming. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. It's the it's what makes the most sense, man. It's what makes the most sense. I, I'm not going to be able to give you the name. I don't I don't know, but I think we could deductive reasoning. We could say trade. For a bat who could play third is is like something that seems to make a decent amount of sense. Or maybe pure DH. Pete Alonzo. We talked about that. You know, I know they the Mets keep saying that he's gonna be back. I understand yeah. that. But pure DH, middle of the order bat, one year deal. That sort of thing. J.D. Martinez is a pure DH who can absolutely still rake. Also a Boris client. Yep. It's, it, it's amazing how many of them there are standing in the way. But, but yeah, there's, they need at least two major league power bats, and Bellinger could be one of them. And it's just we'll see as that game of chicken goes on what they'd be willing to do. I think I'd be willing to pay out of my comfort zone. And, and and just kind of deal with it. So whether that means 180, whether it means 200, whether it means 210. Oh my gosh, you're you're, you're an agent's dream. 
I know. The, the, I know. the players and the fans at the convention said they wanted my guy. I'm willing to go from 150 to 210. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Scott Boris would love to play poker with you. That's amazing. Yep, I'm available, Scott. <laughs> Give me a call. Welcome me to the game. This guy plays 2-5. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, there's a team, because Justin Fields is still the Bears quarterback. How he factors into these offensive coordinator names and the rest of the league, there's a specific team we need to examine next on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.